0: My guests today are professional women and have done exceptionally well in their chosen careers. Dr. Mary Zakia Shito, also named Sheyi, and I'll refer to her as such, is a licensed human behavior specialist with a passion for working with people and groups to be the best version of themselves. She resides in Washington, DC. Ms. Bukola Adeke is an IT professional and she resides in Baltimore, Maryland. These ladies are women I have a lot of respect for, and I've known them for many years. Myself, I'm an energy analyst, a sales manager, and recently qualified as a data scientist. And I love spending time with friends and family when I'm not podcasting. Over several episodes, we will be talking about relationships, a very broad subject that will be broken down into subsections. Today, we're talking about expectations in relationships. Before I continue, I'd like to acknowledge the support of KB Kolawole, author of a relationship book titled, Date Norwegian Men, Think Again. This is available right on Amazon. Without much further ado, I'd like to welcome you listeners to the Blue Citroen podcast, where we discuss lifestyle, culture, and more. So, welcome Shee and welcome Buki. I'd like to start... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I like to start from the 20s age range. We've all been there, all three of us. What did relationship mean to you at the time, Sheyi?
1: Well, relationship at that time, for me, was uh, an exit card from leaving the house. Coming from a Mm. traditional Nigerian home, there's a natural progression as to what is expected of you. You're supposed to go to school, you're supposed to do your parents and family proud, and then you're supposed to get out of the house, and the only way out of the house is to get married. So for me at that time, relationships meant a potential exit card to that getting married. And so my focus was finding the partner that I felt that we could forge an empire or develop something for the future together at that time. And so my focus was finding one that can meet the criteria that I had set for myself using at that time 20 questions that I was asking virtually every guy, both friends and foe, to see who I felt was most compatible with my thinking at that moment. So that's what relationships meant to me at that time.
0: Okay, thank you. Bookie.
2: Yeah, um, I will say similar. Um, I think we will. A lot of us came from a similar background where, you know, the expectations were just the same. Our parents wanted us to do this and then that and then the next. And they just had our lives planned out for us. So for me, I had this fairy tale I had in my head like, oh, yes, fall in love, do this, have kids and i just i was i'm a hopeless romantic in a way (laughs) (laughs) and i think like uh uh, dr shay i had this you know i wanted an exit strategy too you know Hmm. you just want to be free of you know all your parents this yada 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 (laughs) and i wanted to be able to go and i was like oh yeah i wanted somebody in a way, in my head, I wanted some, I didn't have too many questions, but I wanted somebody in a way who wasn't like my dad. You know, you're coming out mm-hmm. of that team phase and you don't, you're like, oh, daddy was so this, daddy was so that. And you just, like, oh, I hope I don't have anybody there, like my dad. And I just wanted to get out of there. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. I remember even going to, when I was going to secondary school, I, I picked a school that was supposedly far away um, uh-huh. because I, was, oh, I wanted that experience of being away from home, you know, because you've been cuddled, you've been kept, you know, so to oh, stay close to us, stay close to us. And I really wanted to go as far away as possible. I wanted to explore and I felt like, oh, I didn't have that uh, opportunity to explore. So marriage for me was like, yeah, let me get somebody who's going to allow me to be who I want to be and that was my idea that was my idea yes what I want to be and um, I don't even think I had um, specifics as to oh he's got to be this I just knew okay I had to fall in love So for me it was like
0: I'm going to fall in love (laughs) right okay so from what i hear from both of you now right so she yours was very in in my opinion i mean i may be wrong but what i hear you saying is obviously it's very similar to to you know bookies and and myself you know it's it's a case of finding that freedom oh my goodness finally i'm free i can do whatever i like you know but i also want to have this criteria this is what I want this is what I want this is what I want this was very similar to 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 me as well Uh, however I wasn't intentional that's that's what I realized later that I wasn't intentional why wasn't I intentional because I was looking at the fairy tale side as well like oh my god this person must be able to meet this must be able to meet that but it has to be like you know it has to be this it has to be that it has to be not necessarily Prince Charming but close to Prince Charming has to be like Three years older than me you know a whole lot of hula baloo that you know that was what it meant to me at the time of course for me also i would looked at again this was in the 20s i I'd looked at people around me and i'm thinking okay oh my god this is amazing i love their love and then i see someone and i'm like eh, no i don't want this uh okay i don't want you know guys from this particular area i don't want guys from that particular area so yeah when we think about it back you know at a time as you both said is a case of you know getting out and just doing what it is that you want as opposed to you know the status quo that the parents were expecting us you know to do oh so now you finish university now the next thing is marriage like uh how does that even happen but anyway so this takes me to, to to my next question which would be that was, you know, you've told me, you've but told me what it was. What was your your thought process at a time? What would you do differently that you did then, but right now you wouldn't bother to do that? Bookie, do you want to start? Sure, sure. Um, I will say,
2: what would I do differently? Probably everything. Everything. Okay. I would have done <laughs> almost everything differently. First of mm. all, um, you know, going into my twenties, first of all, you know, my yeah, our parents kind of like told us, don't get into a relationship unless you want to marry. You know, like, yeah. almost like like don't even date somebody unless you're gonna marry them. Which I exactly exactly. I mean, I, I know that is like the biggest deception in my opinion because. You can't get good at something without doing it over and over again. Yeah. And you really get to understand the opposite sex and even yourself, how how you are in a relationship until you have been in multiple relationships. And I think um, what, what they should have told us was to be like, how do you handle yourself while in the relationship and what are the to look out for like what are some of the things I think uh, our parents programmed I would say my parents anyway programmed me so much that I even when they weren't there with me the words they had spoken into my head was going with me and so I was picking. you know I, you know, like like you said um, Bimbo I was literally eliminating doing a process of eliminating. oh mm-hmm. this it's I, I wouldn't say I was tribalistic Because I was like oh I'll marry anybody I want But in a mm-hmm. way Somehow the words they had spoken to me Already was manifesting Because when I see Somebody from say I don't know Delta mm-hmm. I still have that oh my god Daddy's gonna <laughs> yeah. And so I, You know you still have that
0: Caution to, Like
2: You still have that caution uh, it's there
0: subconsciously yeah yeah
2: yes yes so you have that coming to you subconsciously because i mm-hmm. actually did you know i think i did date, date somebody from delta but i had that in my head like going into it okay this is the person i want to marry and then you have something and then you're like ooh, ooh blue flag or red yeah. flag red. <laughs> then, i mean we i had the most ridiculous red flag at the right that when I look at back now I'm like what was that even a red flag for like yeah (laughs) it was supposed to be a red flag these are things that when I look back and I see some of those people now I'm like that that person was (laughs) okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah so but it was like um I would have just if I if I was able to go back I would have dated more I would have been more engaged I think uh-huh. even in relationships, I was always afraid for it to go too far. I remember right. I was my first boyfriend; I was always like, oh, "It's going too far. It's getting serious. We need to dial it back." And I think mm-hmm. um, he got confused. He was so frustrated. Like, "What's going? Why? Why? Like, you don't want to be with me?" And I'm like, "Oh, I absolutely want to be with you. I just think we're getting too fast because I was afraid of where the um, relationship was going to go. And I just thought, I'm, I don't know if I'm ready. I don't think, in my, in my mind, even though I was saying I don't think I'm ready, what I was mm-hmm. actually saying, I don't think my parents are ready for me to be here.
0: With him, yeah.
2: Wait for that. I was trying to wait for it and wait for it. And eventually, you know, of course, he was like, I gotta move on. And mm. that was like, oh, hold on, hold on. I'm ready. I'm ready. And he was like, yeah, I don't wanna play these games. So mm. it was definitely so. I, I would have, you know, I think I, I would have been if I could have this knowledge now, I would have gone back with more maturity and not right. just the fairy tale. The fairy tale definitely they told us a fairy tale, and um, I, now I, you know, you have your eyes open, you can go back and actually see and be present in the relationship as opposed to like you just feel like you're floating on air and, <laughs> and having yeah. this um things oh he's gonna be like this he's gonna mm-hmm. be like that. um so i think that's what i would
0: say i would have done differently say what would you have done differently
1: well my story is almost the polar opposite of bookies i was a fast runner
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: by my 20s i was already mm-hmm. i i mean i got engaged in my 20s so mm-hmm. I, had, I was an early starter, so I started yeah. dating quite early because my orientation is multicultural. Yeah. And I came back to Nigeria with a mindset of what the American world was, so I started dating early, to my parents' dismay. And the kind <laughs> of guys that I was looking for were, yeah, like Buki said, that fairy tale kind of a thing. The only difference is my mindset was I was goal-oriented. My goal at that time is to find a life partner and to get married. So what I would do differently would have been to really experience the relationship, which meant that I would need to take a step back and actually listen for the cues that I was being given. Right, right. And those cues often come from, especially when you're dating men, you're going to be in that space and if you're goal oriented, you're moving at a fast track. We women tend to mature faster,
0: we that women is right. tend
1: to know exactly what we want and we women are generally connectors so we find links to everything and yeah. if you walk into a room you're able to see patterns before most average guys okay. and in my 20s at that time I was already, I already had a good job, I was already okay. doing well for myself so I was checking the boxes. And Mm -hmm. for the type A personality that I am, I was looking for that person that's going to help build that empire that I was thinking of in my head. Now, Mm -hmm. here's the key word in my head. Mm -hmm. Relationships, good, solid relationships require compromise. It requires active listening, not um, driving an agenda towards what you want. Mm -hmm. And so... In that time and space, because my head was focused on, when am I getting married? I was listening for everything that affirmed, this is the person for me to get married to, or this is not the person. And in that process, I didn't fully commit myself to enjoying the experience. Now, I eventually did right by my parents and ensuring that for me to get out, I found a solid guy and I did get married. However, in my dating process, I wasn't listening for things that would make me a solid partner. I was listening for someone to help fulfill my dreams. And in that process, I cheated myself and I cheated quite a number of partners because I was trying to pigeonhole them into an illusion that I thought a relationship was. Right. And what would I do differently? I would actually sit back and listen more. I would actually take time to experience the experience itself. Now, don't get me wrong. I've always been that kind of person who knows exactly what I want, and I still do. The only difference now is that I'm listening more, and I'm being a little more reflective on what I'm actually hearing. I'm not filling in the gaps like we women tend to. We tend to connect the dots when the dots don't actually connect. So now I'm actually in the place of saying, hmm, you said the sky was blue yesterday. Today you're saying the sky is red. I won't automatically assume that the sun rose yesterday and the sun is setting today. Instead now I would ask, yesterday it was blue, today's red, what changed for you? And then I would accept exactly. their answer as they said it. Yeah. So, yeah, I had a good 20s, but my 20s were so laser focused that I feel I cheated myself.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, my days. Yeah. My 20s. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, as you, you, you ladies probably already know, I am, uh, yeah, something I probably, I don't know if I should call myself a recovering uh, workaholic now because in my 20s yes i was having a good time i was going on dates um i was also sort of laser focused um it would have been nice for me to 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 probably i i hear you she literally would be nice to 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 listen more right but i was probably looking at so many other external factors yeah so in my case um my parents were actually interestingly they were quite liberal right they were liberal they were very open to whoever you want as long as the person is your friend my mom would say uh the right man is not necessarily the right mate because a right man could have everything could have all the money in this world but is it the right mate is he your friend you know do you communicate do you love each other that's what the right mates would be she would say you know so I was so picky and my, my dad used to say to me at the time, oh, you know, as long as you're happy and as long as, you know, he's got something to do and he's not a lazy man, that's it. Even though, so I come from a Muslim background, but my my, my, my parents were the most liberal Muslims ever that I know, so um, of course, <laughs> you know, without going into religion because obviously everybody has their own way of you know religion practice and everything Um, so yeah i come from the most liberal family with all sorts of religions so there was no specific thing about oh you have to marry a muslim that was not that wasn't even my parents Uh, neither was it a case of oh you have to marry from our hometown which was more common during their own time and which I saw with a lot of my aunties and uncles and so on and so forth, you know. And uh, even some people within our, you know, age range, it was a case of, oh, okay, it would be nice if you marry from our hometown, you know, let alone, as Bookie mentioned, she, she, she was a little bit in case of, oh my God, if I bring this guy from Delta, if I bring him home, it wasn't a case of her not wanting him, but she was thinking about what her parents would want. So I really didn't have that. What I had was I was just working. I, I loved the best things of life because obviously our parents gave us all the best things of life. But I was also maybe too career focused. So maybe that's what I would have done differently. And there's nothing wrong with, you know, being career focused in your 20s. But maybe I would have loved to uh, open up more. And as you say, you know, listen more, you know, maybe even date more you know and, and that way you you you're able to, to make the right decision for yourself. But then again, this is this is not all about me. this is not all about me. Uh, <laughs> let's go on to what may have influenced your thinking, you know after you knowing what you know you would have done differently today, right? You know? what, what, what's, what influenced your thinking in the process? I don't know if my question makes any sort of sense there. She.
1: So, yeah, I mean, because I've now come to a place of understanding what influenced my thinking was I kept doing the same thing and getting the same results. Right. I mean, if you're dating the same set of types of guys, yeah, and you're getting the same types of results, then guess what? that means you need to make an adjustment somewhere.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Now, what I did instead was I went to the polar opposite of what I normally dated. Ooh. And I got engaged to someone that I felt, oh my God, he's not going to break my heart, you know? <clears throat> and he was so different from the others. He's an intellectual being in and of himself. Okay. He's an okay. awesome guy. Okay. And I felt okay, this is so different. I'm the one that's going to look for um, what I call the fireworks in a guy. Uh I'm going to look for the one that will turn the butterflies in my stomach when he speaks. I'm the one that's going to look for, oh, is he tall, dark, and handsome? Uh Now, I've been privileged to date some very, very good guys. But the reality is, maybe they weren't so good for me. Yeah. And my influence came from I needed to realize that maybe good on paper, maybe good speaker, but maybe not good for me. And realize also that relationship is a compromise. It's not gonna always go my way. It's not gonna fit that mold, that vision that I have. I have to be willing to step into a date, into a situation, into a relationship whether male or female friends, female friends or guys Yeah. with a clear and open mind without an agenda and when I do that, those kind of that influences my thinking around what a relationship should be and ultimately what a good marriage would look like a good marriage is one that's you would be yourself 150% of the time. Yeah. And that absolutely. means you would respect each other's differences and appreciate each other's likes without saying Mm-mm. each one is going to fix the other one. And without thinking your influence on that person is also going to change them to be the ideal person that you've been dreaming about. No. When you meet them, who you see is what you get. And oh, yeah. so you gotta come to that place of acceptance. Are you going to be able to roll over every morning and say, mm, I still love you? Or are you going to be like, I wish X, Y, Z? And the minute we find ourselves, because the work is in ourselves. And for me, that's the work that I needed to do. So what influenced my shifting is when I did the same thing and I just kept on getting the same result. I just told myself, hold on a second. I am the common denominator in my issues, so what am I doing now and what do I need to do differently? What perspective do I need to shift to be a better version of myself first before I start another relationship? So that's what influenced me and guess what? That is an experience of itself because now I'm in a relationship with myself.
0: Yeah, (laughs) and that's key that's important you know Mm because if 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 one is not you know perfect for oneself you know i mean you know what i mean by perfect if you're not good in yourself how Mm -hmm. can you be good for the next person how can you be good for your society how can you be good for whoever basically so you have to be good for yourself you have to be you know one thousand percent for yourself right even you know so yeah interesting bookie what influenced your own thinking let's hear you Uh
2: well, so, um, over the years I will say, uh, similarly Like, uh, she said, I wanted Um, I, I, I Came to a realization Oh, I'm, I'm the one Who keeps picking certain Kind of guys, and, I mean, but Trust me, I still believe I have, you know Picked some good guys that I, you know <laughs> Walked by along The way, yeah. but, uh Over the years Um, I think as I understand your question over the years the, what sort of changed uh, for me and influenced me to come to this point in my life is like her I realized okay I'm the one picking these guys Like, wh- and then I had to self reflect and say mm-hmm. why? why do I feel like I have to fix a guy like why is it that because I would see a guy that maybe doesn't in my mind doesn't mean fixing it. and then uh-huh. it's all I have this okay what am I supposed to do if I'm not fixing him <laughs> right
0: right right
2: <laughs> and I'm like what am I supposed to do if I'm not like it's like okay I don't have nothing to do so it's almost like I was naturally drawn to this guy that I wanted to fix and I, I want to uh, maybe say that possibly the reason why I felt that way was because i think in my parents relationship i always viewed uh my dad as always like you know trying to correct my mom and always telling her she should do this she needs to do this she should have done this like that and all that and my mom would just say, and i remember i just was like I, I think incidentally i as a female picked that up i think that that kind of behavior is more peculiar to a guy right and, Okay. And I, but I ended up like picking that trait in my father, where you look and you see every. It's like I'm a, I'm analytical by nature, so right. you see you look at somebody and you see like oops 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 oops, and then, but then I fall in love, and then once I fall in love, I fall in love with that brokenness, and then I start trying to fix, okay. and um. So, but which, of course, I see now. Like, I'm able to look at somebody now and say, "Yes, you know what? I can, I can think well about you, but I'm so sorry. I do you not You've have got to-, to
0: fix you exactly.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I do not have the energy to deal with your issues. You've got yeah. to deal. With that. Like, and I, I literally, I'm able to like look and say, you know what? i'm so sorry but you know you're great and everything and you're good you're good you know i I don't even think you're an evil person but i can't deal i can't help you fix issue. you You have to fix that yourself so um i think it was really more self-reflection for me to see that okay i'm the one i chose these guys i chose these guys i chose to uh, deal with them, I, I I chose to settle, and when I think about it, I actually look at it, I say you know what, I did choose to settle because um, right before I got married, I did have like that uh, watch out, watch out girl watch out girl, but then that that, um, oh what would people say, and I yeah. think that's that went with me for years it's so, I wouldn't even say I've been able to let go of that completely because, like you said, you grow up with what will people say. I mean, yeah. you literally have to figure out what will people say before you take some action. I remember even while I was dating, if my my one of my boyfriends said, "Oh, let's go this way," I would think about will I meet somebody there that uh, that you knows-
0: know that knows your parents. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's
2: <so> Like I'm gonna go back like uh, and yeah I, I, I mean I care so much. And I think um I mean I know I'm gonna uh, deviate a little bit. That's why we as parents need to be very careful some of the things that we absolutely tell our kids, I will never oh, I will never allow this. I will never yeah. allow this because we have to be so careful because sometimes we are joking, we don't even mean it, but we say it over and over again that we don't understand that our kids are trying so hard to please us, whether mm-hmm. or not they. We children, we always there's that inherent thing in us that really wants to please our dad. We really mm-hmm. want to make them happy, and it doesn't mm-hmm. matter even when we are going against our own brain. We still that have that desire to please them. So I think um, that you know that I had to try and pull myself away from that, always wanting to. Please, always wanted to please. Always mm-hmm. wanted to. Which I also carried into even my relationship, and you know, I I just wanted to please him. Oh, he wants me. I remember. Oh my God, I had this boyfriend that just wanted me to eat. Oh God, and I'll be like, <laughs> I'm full. Oh, I'm I making. Oh my God, so right? And I'll be like, I'm full. And he's like, What are you gonna leave me to finish all the food? I'm like, But I'm full. And you're like, Well, you gotta eat it. And I will eat it. I, I can't believe that I subjected myself to I mean of course I, I, I knew I had to run, but the uh-huh. fact that I couldn't run fast enough uh-huh. was like you know, it was like I should have like I I should have picked my shoes up and just picked up race at that time. <laughs> but <laughs> I did it. But I didn't. I still doing that. I was like, okay, let me try and ease myself out of this. Ease because of that desire. I don't want to hurt him. I don't want to be the one to hurt him. I don't wanna be to hurt, want to be the one to hurt him. But I'm like, yes, I'm. I get people don't have a problem hurting me though. Mm-hmm. But yeah, oh. saying, oh yeah, let me just ease off of them gradually. I say like, nobody eases off of me gradually. But I didn't see that at the time. And it took me a lot of self-reflection to realize, you know what, you you may hurt somebody, and the, the people I did hurt, I didn't even realize I was hurting them. Mm. I remember I had to call someone um, a couple, you know, maybe earlier this year to say, you know what, I don't know, I just woke up that morning and I was like, oh my god, I hurt this person so bad. So I called the person and said, I'm so sorry. I realized I hurt you. I was like. I still, do, it's not like I still have, I don't have the kind of feelings for you that you would like me to have, but I realized that I really hurt you and I'm so sorry. But it took me to re, like almost do a roundabout and almost see myself in a mirror with that person to realize you hurt this person so bad and you, you know, and you know, I mean, there's nothing I could do about it now, but I just went back to apologize to say, oh. I'm really sorry. I hurt you so i think um that self reflection is definitely very important for yeah. me um, and that kind of really caused me um, to self um reevaluate
0: interesting wow wow i'm learning a whole lot i'm learning a whole lot there's there's something that you you mentioned um Biki, what will people say yeah that that's something that is quite common within I would like to limit that to our community. When I say our community, as Nigerians, right, um, you know, first-generation Nigerians at least, um, I I, I, I don't always like to speak for the entire African, you know, continent, and I can't speak for, you know, the whole world, you know. Uh, Obviously, every community has their own thing, but, yeah, there's a whole lot of what will people say, what will people say, and that takes me to what have you unlearned? that you thought may, ha- you know, may have been normal re- during your early years in Nigeria compared to now. And what were the actions that you took, you know? And this is still, we're still on on, on, on our, you know, basically we're still within that 20s range, you know? What you thought was so normal that time, you know? So yeah, it, it's, it's this what will people say thing that has actually just, you know, triggered that for, for me. There's, there's a lot that we thought was normal. But as time went by, you know, you realize, uh, no, this is actually, this is actually wrong, or it doesn't suit what I do now, or it doesn't suit what you know, where I live now, or or the society as it is today. So, what have you learned? A- anyone uh, wants to n- bell the cat? <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: do you want me to start or? Um... Yeah,
0: go ahead. Go ahead, Buky. Okay. Okay. Um.
2: What have I unlearned? One of the things I was say I've had to unlearn is being so judgmental. Okay. I, swear. Yeah. I like you see someone and you just have you already have oh this person has to be like this because of what you saw in like a like you saw you just saw them you haven't even gotten to know them. And yet here Mm. you are judging them, and I think that was something like it was just something that was trained, you know, like once again another trait that I probably inherited from my dad. And I just, you know, you say, oh, this person, and you know, sometimes I'm right in my estimations of the person, but why, why do you really have to be the person to judge this person? Why, why have to tell this person about themselves? Of course, when I got told about myself a couple of times, you know, it made me sit down and say, "Oh, okay, yeah, I know how it feels." And like, you know, you can hurt somebody just by so-called telling the truth. Um, mm-hmm. And I had to, I had to deliberately unlearn that. And even like when I think that, okay, there's this thing about somebody, I don't have to tell them about it, especially like. It might even be somebody I'm not I'm just walking by. And I have to I have to refrain from always feeling the need to um go in and be the fixer. Yeah you know, I was a fixer. I was a fixer and I just wanted to go in and fix like ooh, like ooh, the thing is like the oh the pins are pinching me. I gotta fix it. And I just have to that, that I have to deliberately refrain like I will I would literally tell myself bookie. You got to walk away. You don't have to say anything. This is not... And honestly, I've had so much more peace doing that. Because I've been able to... Like, this is not your problem. This is not Mm -hmm. your issue. I mean, I could not believe the the freedom of being able to look at somebody with all their issues and say, you know what? I'm going to have to walk away from this one. And just... Mm -hmm like your problem is really isn't really my problem. And I think that's something that I didn't learn uh, in my twenties. Um okay. that I'm able to kind of I deliberately realize I did and I was able to tell myself, Yeah, okay. You know, and I and I think that's um a a, a great part of even a successful relationship where you don't always feel like you have to face the other person. Except I think she said something mm-hmm. about that. Um, like seeing the person And just accepting them for who they are And uh, You know of course ideally You should do this before you get into A committed relationship with them Or even I mean at least in marriage Let me say because you know you can break off Anything before you're married I mean you can hmm. break up a marriage Now too <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> Yeah so but I, I had to re- That was one, I would say that was one of the biggest Things I mean, it took me deliberate efforts to, and I made mistakes along the way, but I had to unlearn that, that just going, trying to fix somebody, trying to fix somebody, oh, as soon as I see the problem, I'll have like 20 different ways to fix it and all that. And I have the solutions and all that, but nobody's sitting there trying to fix, like nobody wants you to fix them. Yeah. You know, if they ask you for help, yes, help them, but you know and you can even offer I've, I've found myself saying hey you know i can help you with this if you want but mm. I, I i realized i don't have that urgent need to fix and
0: fix, yeah. and fix anymore and i've right. had so much come from that. Mm. all right thank you thanks bookie she what have you yeah. learned well
1: i think bookie and i drank from the same well in fixing. Ah! Ah! I mean, I've self-titled myself the human uh, fixer in one way or the other, but I also learned after many years of therapy, actually, that that's a form of control. It is. And because what we tend to reach out to fix is often the areas that we ourselves may actually be struggling with.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And so... One of the things I've had to unlearn is that my drive to fix someone else is my drive drive to deprive them of being who they are. Which, I'm trying to put myself in their shoes. I wouldn't want anyone trying to do that for me.
0: Absolutely. But yeah. I also
1: realized inadvertently I exposed myself to hurt. Because then you're going to come up against someone that almost everybody doesn't want to be fixed Hmm. and each then it causes unnecessary conflict now i'm also a kind of person that's also um i call myself a mother christmas if there's such a word in the sense that i can give the last bit on my back for virtually anyone Hmm. so in the process of fixing i also overextended myself as in, I will give everything and leave myself completely spent.
0: And that in itself is, that's a challenge. Yes. That's, 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 that's something we can fix. Yeah. For
1: myself. Yeah. Because if I am not pouring into myself, filling my own well, then what am I actually giving?
0: Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. can't
1: give from what you don't have. Mm. So it, it's what I have to, I've had to unlearn is to let people just be themselves first of all Mm, mm,
0: mm, mm. and believe
1: what they say the first time yeah not oh are you sure you meant that actually if he said the sky is blue you best believe that's what he feels in his heart that's what yeah now let's just there's also the caveat that a lot of times people are also defensive and unsure of themselves and they may say what they feel that you want to hear so is the action correlating with what is being said? And what I've also had to unlearn is that quickness to connect. So if the action didn't correlate, I may excuse or I may find a rationale. Now, that is my rationale, not theirs. Mm-hmm. Right. So I've had to learn, unlearn, connecting the dots, and learn to ask questions and actually listen a person that doesn't answer the question means that they're uncomfortable with it or they want to hold back and i've also learned unlearned that i can give myself permission to say you didn't answer my question so are you trying to hold back from me i'm trying Uh to be transparent with you so it's speaking my own truth in the moment and unlearned being scared of pushing another person away. Yeah. If I'm asking you a question and you feel that question is uncomfortable, it's okay to say it's uncomfortable. I've also learned to accept people's vulnerabilities because we all are scared in one way or the other. Mm-hmm. We all step into relationships and we're like, why am I here again? Yeah. Now in my twenties, my go- my goal was to get married. And I was pretty forthright about it. But I now have had to unlearn the fixing. I've had to unlearn the, oh, the sky is blue. And in my head I'm saying, no, he really meant it was red. Oh. Because he was looking at the sky and we all know that the sky is blue. No, he said the sky is red. I should have asked, from your eyes, you said the sky is red, what do you mean by that? And then you can say, oh, I was wearing glasses.
0: Mm-hmm. because there's a reason to why he said yes. that sky was red yes yeah.
1: and hearing and listening have now become something that i've actively started doing a lot more of and i'm an extrovert so believe me i can fill up the gap i can talk <laughs> to off.
0: i know that <laughs> but
1: now i'm in <laughs> a reflective state of hearing and asking questions yeah now my questions also can drive people insane because like I've been I've been told that I tend to peer into people's souls. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry, so, um, to laugh. in the sense that when
1: I ask a question, it I think I've telling.
0: experienced that part, Shay. I have experienced that part of you, and I'm like, uh okay, where is it, this going? <laughs>
1: yes, it puts people in an uncomfortable situation. But these days, because I am true to myself now, mm-hmm. when I ask those questions, the person can see that generally. I care yeah, and yeah. generally I want to know yeah. and generally I'm not judging you
0: uh-huh.
1: because we've all lived life in different ways so these are the things that I've unlearned and I've given myself permission not to be perfect
0: oh, thank you thank you thank you ladies really insightful conversation so far I am loving every moment of this now 30s 30s and beyond Marriage and children—they've they, come into the picture, yeah. So, wh- where are you at at that today, she?
1: Oh wow, I was married. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I do have twins, so yeah. by by the time I hit my thirties, I had already checked all the major boxes in my page that said this is what success looks like. Yeah. So I entered my thirties pretty confident of myself, mm-hmm. but guess what? I still wasn't happy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So thirties for me was a, a, a decade of who am I again?
0: Yeah.
1: And why am I here again? And a state of confusion of saying, I've checked all the major boxes, but I'm still not happy. What's going on? Mm-hmm. So that's where my 30s, when I launched, when I hit that 30, and then there was a piece of me that was like, man, you're getting old.
0: <laughs>
1: now I'm reflecting back then, I should have said, girl, you got it going. But when I 30, I was like, oh, goodness, now I've entered that phase of life where people are saying, my back hurts, you know? But I didn't know mm-hmm. what was about to hit me in the 40s. But anyway, <laughs> that's a different conversation. <laughs>
0: Oh, my God. Bookie, where are you at today? Okay. So,
2: um, today, I'm still married. Um, okay. And I think uh, one thing I will say is that, uh, you know, I I will say this. I know <laughs> this is not something that a lot of people say. So, I mm-hmm. will give my reason for saying um, that I'm actually not, I would not consider myself in uh, happy marriage at this time. And I see this because a lot of the time, I feel like there were so many people I saw growing up, like when I was a kid. And I think uh, even when I was um, back in secondary school, I remember saying, oh, I never want to get married. I never want to get married. And the reason I said that was because I just thought like, oh my God, everybody I look, oh, there's somebody beating somebody up. There's somebody... Like you know, literally punching this lady up, and uh-huh. and I just, I mean, if this is what marriage was all about, I didn't want that. Um, okay. That was early in my early, very early teenage years. Okay. Of course, uh, eventually I went on to fall in love and blah blah blah. But um, now I, uh, you know, I you know getting married. Um, I I realized like, look, if somebody at that point was just honest enough to say yeah my marriage is kind of shitty <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. like you know like there were so many people that just kept telling us like oh yeah we're fine we're fine and you're like looking at them like are you sure though and mm. and i think it's as in the mind of my childhood mind it was yeah. really confusing okay. it was very confusing when you see people like Okay, I don't think you're doing okay, but they keep telling you they come and everybody puts on the same outfit and they come out looking good and they do 40 year anniversary and 50 year mm-hmm. anniversary. Okay, I, and, and like in my childhood mind, it was very confusing. So when I, so when I now, you know, knowing what I know now, I feel like, okay, if my marriage is not okay, I don't want to say it's okay. I'm still in it I have not left but I I feel like okay I should be able to say that my marriage is not okay and I know that okay people might I mean I don't know people might say okay why why would she say that on you know a public forum like that yeah but I have I have told them like you know we are not working we are oh, yeah. not we're not we're not working. Yes, we you we still for some reason we're both still clinging on to the name itself. Okay, yeah, but yeah. We're not working, and hmm. uh, and I realized, like I have to come to that truth. I'm not yeah. I'm not hiding. I'm not doing all of that. And I think you know I know a lot of people. Yes, believe in me. I know there are marriages like that that cannot do this. So please, I am not really encouraging anyone listening to stay in a marriage really hurting them yeah but I just happened to be able to I mean I I had to leave for two years I had mm, to leave right just to, just to get my own mental self back like to remember who I was I remember when I had to say, oh my god I had to remember I had I remember a friend called me one time and was like okay what happened to that person that we used to know and I was like, I don't know. And I realized I have to say, I really don't know. So it was now I've been able to go back and actually reflect and go back on myself. And oh my god, I wanted to break my arm when I when I felt like okay, I needed to go back. But I had to accept that decision and say, I'm going back. I have my reasons for going back. I don't have to yeah. explain it to anybody. I yeah. don't have to say even when people call me, oh, praise God, thank you, oh, we need mm-hmm. something, I'm like, oh, don't, don't don't, be too happy yet, you know, it's not fixed yet, but I just have my reasons
1: for
0: coming back. For going back. back, right. Yeah, right. for
1: going back. I think Shea has
0: something to say to that.
1: <clears throat> okay. Yeah, I applaud your bravery, your vulnerability, and I know that it's not an easy place to make a decision that seems like almost like you're regressing. But it takes bravery to also say that we're still working on it. And I Mm -hmm. think that's a permission you've given yourself and you sound like you're working through it. It's a journey. And as as Bimbo asked, where are we today? We are who we are today because of our life experiences. But what makes us Mm -hmm. stronger is the fact that we are able to reflect on the past, look to the future of where we want to be, ask ourselves what we're doing wrong and what we're doing right, and then take daily steps, not 5,000 steps, daily steps to be who we are. Now, in my zeal to answer the question earlier, I didn't even say where I was today. (laughs) So, yes, I am divorced, and I was dating, but at this moment, I am in a space of, I call it being in a turtle shell, In psychology, we call it turtling, which is where you're conserving energy and you're doing a lot of self-reflection. So that's where I'm at now. I'm not in a relationship right now. I'm not actively dating, actually. And I'm in a place of getting to know myself better. Now, along the way, am I open to relationships? Oh, yes. The thing, though, is unlike before, I think this is the first time in my life that it took four decades to get to this spot, four decades plus to get to this spot and say to myself, I'm okay. I'm enough to stand on my own two feet. And if I find a partner that aligns with my goals, values and drive and where I wanna go with, fine. Then we take it from there. But I'm not actively searching for that thing. That mysterious dude, that mysterious man that's gonna sweep me off my feet and make life (laughs)
0: so much easier.
1: No. Now I'm in a place of self reflection and self acceptance. So kudos to you, Buki, for being bold and brave and taking (laughs) each day as it comes.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Thank you for that. And if I may add, I think one of the things that made me say I don't I know what it did all those lies of people lying about how successful their relationship was did to me and I remember telling myself I really don't want my kids to go around thinking this is what a normal relationship should be Mm -hmm. because I my early um, in my very early years of marriage I remember my daughter would be like, oh, before I went out, you know, like I would, you know, we would give a like a, a little hug um, to my husband before I went out. And because like I said, I was super duper in love. Um, and so I remember my daughter would, she looked forward to that. She she wanted, She, I remember she was like, oh yeah, mommy, hug daddy, hug daddy. And she looked forward to that. Um, but I so I realized like whether we realize it or not our kids are looking at what a relationship is and I think if we when we are not honest enough to be in that space where we know it's not working but instead of like just defending the indefensible um and keep saying um oh mommy oh, uh like oh and you know just saying oh everything's fine oh and Going out there, your kids can see what's going on in the house versus what's going on out there. And when they see you go out there and pretend like you're all the lover boys and all that, it, you just make them reject, like, like they reject, and then they don't even know what is right. You yeah. make them and stuff. And so I, I just decided, you know, I didn't, I wasn't talking bad about their father or anything like that. I wasn't saying, oh, your father is such a this or that, because that wasn't their problem. But I just realized, I had to be truthful enough that even when I decided to come back, I, I, I called sat them down. I said, kids, um, we're going to be going back to your dad. And I remember they were like, even my son was like, but do you really want to, though? And honestly, oh, I was... Him. <laughs> I wanted to give them a big hug, because They realized yes, I was struggling. I mean, I didn't it wasn't like I poured out everything on them, but they knew that things weren't right. They knew that Mm -hmm. I mean, as much as I tried to hide the fact that we were fighting or that we were disagreeing all the time. Yeah. Kids see through that. And I remember the day my son saw me and said, You guys are always fighting and I was like, Really, I'm so sorry about that. You know. So kids can see it, whether or not you decide to do it in the middle of the night or all that, they can see that tension, they can feel it. And so I really have to be honest enough, at least with them, for their own sake. Because I'm repeating some of the things that happened in my parents' marriage because they weren't honest enough with me to say, okay, this is the problem we're in right now. They just said, oh, we're great, we're great, we're great. And so you have a warp. I had a warped sense of what is actually right what is okay. proper, is normal, you know, what is okay in a relationship. And I think uh, being able to do that for them, I had to say, no, I'm not okay, but this is where we are, and we're going to deal with it, and we're going to be fine. So, All
0: right. Yeah. Hmm. Thank you. This is, is quite eye-opening, uh, this conversation. I really appreciate you, ladies. You yeah. know, sharing your... Your stories, you know, your vulnerabilities even, you know, and um, I'm sure the listeners, you know, whenever anyone listens to this, they can also pick up from this and learn because this is the intent is to to hear, to learn, you know, and to also reflect, you know, and that's that's why we were having this conversation. So um, would both of you. Right. Would you have done, say for example, if you were, fr- from an African or Nigerian perspective, obviously, you, you both live in the US, right? Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I am I'm, I'm in the UK. Um, if, you, if, you, if, if you were living in Nigeria, if you were residing in Nigeria, do you think you would have done things differently, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> do you think it would be different? Do you think you would just, you know, would you would you have stayed? right bookie would you would you have even gone away for for the two years that you 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 decided to take a break for would would that have happened both of you
1: Stay. for me i'm the yeah. i tend to be the rebel around so i think a lot of people know me even from my sheer persona i don't usually go against the, go with the grain i always ask why
0: mm-hmm.
1: now before we left Nigeria, our, our marriage had issues. Okay. So moving to the US was not gonna be like a get out of jail card. It was an opportunity to fix things. All right. I already decided in Nigeria, if we had stayed, I was gonna file for a divorce anyway. Now, mm-hmm. because of the culture, would it have been easy? Hell no. Mm-hmm. Actually, I probably would have faced all the cultural religious and everything else that goes with oh why are you doing this can't you sit in it i mean at least he's not beating you i mean yeah. least, this is not this at least it's not that yeah but that is your relationship this is my relationship mm. and i i don't think i would have done things much differently it may have taken a whole lot longer i have to say but the typical thing that I observe in Nigeria is people actually are divorced, but they're still living in.
0: Living together. Right. And for right. me,
1: that's hypocrisy because mm. you're now stagnating both of your lives. And frankly, mm. I believe a lot of the, the, the lifespan of Nigerians would be a lot longer if they just told themselves the truth and just dealt with situations rather right. than sweeping it under rugs or putting up a facade when they walk out. Mm. So... I feel there's a lot more hypocrisy at home. And okay. people are afraid of what will people say so they don't live their truths. Instead, right. they post the best pictures on social media. They <laughs> put up the best facade when they go to weddings and parties. They wear the same kind of clothes to make people think that they're in sync. And then they yeah. go behind closed doors, and they're miserable. Yeah. <laughs> now, because of my work and what I do with people, I hear the hidden stories. Hmm. The people that look the most glamorous are often the ones that are crying the most tears. Oh, dear. Mm -hmm. So, and for that reason, I also put forward a measure of asking from a cultural perspective, to what end are we keeping up the facade? So if I was home, would it have been easier? No. It would have been Hmm. so much harder because there would be that influence. But I also... I'm also an agent of change, even in my own little tiny world to say, let's challenge ourselves to be the better version of ourselves. And so maybe if I start this this fire in my space, hopefully that fire will ignite to someone else who will ask the fundamental question, why am I doing this not only to myself, to the partner I'm with, to the children, and guess what you're now teaching the children of the next generation that it's okay to stay in a miserable relationship don't get me wrong if you can work on the relationship it takes two people
0: takes two, two yeah. parties to want yeah. to
1: work on the relationship yeah if both parties can work on a relationship, get the therapy you need good therapy not just religious therapy because that's the thing we do in nigeria Oh, Go yeah. To <laughs> to solve it. The religious route is good to deal with religious elements, but there are things that you fundamentally need to know about human behavior and how to resolve conflict or create a harmonious relationship that religion may not speak to if you mm-hmm. don't understand human behavior. So would it have been easier? No. So I that's the difference between. While in the U.S., I'm able to um, tap into therapy, I'm able to do a lot of self-work and given the free permission to do who I am and be who I am. In Nigeria, I would have the family support system to get through the tough days, but I would also have the family influence that would say, uh, "You may want to think about this. You're a woman. You're this. You, what, we, what would this think? Would you be able to find another man? Would you be able to do things the way you do it if you don't if you're not married?" So all those influences would come to play. But I think mm-hmm. life is different on both sides, yeah. but they have their merits and their demerits.
0: Absolutely. Thank you, Shi. Uh Bookie, do you do? You, I mean, do you have anything to add to that?
2: <laughs> interestingly i do okay let's um, hear it <laughs> um, so um i totally um i, I totally see uh, where uh, she is coming from and for me honestly i think that i will probably i think one of the things that sometimes we we don't appreciate is the community factor in nigeria that okay. if I had been in Nigeria, one of the things I realized is that coming to the U.S. I didn't have family around me enough. I didn't have enough of my family close, like living in the same city, that kind of a thing. I had people away, so I would talk on the phone and, you know, hey, as long as they heard my voice. So I was like almost like suffering in silence for years, you know, when you know I first came. I didn't want to tell people what was going on. Um, and my situation and all that, and I just try to like, oh well, yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine. But I I realized that, you know, in Nigeria, it's really, I mean, people can see what, people can see, you, you can't really, like, just shut yourself in like that, which you, which, <laughs> that's, in America, you can't do that. You, I mean, people can absolutely not know what's going on with you. Yeah. But I yeah. think that one, th- one of the good things about Nigeria is that you really can't hide too much from what okay. who you really are, like, you know, and where you are with your marriage and whatever. I mean, like people are gonna you you just can't hide so much. And I think um if I had been in Nigeria another thing is that they would there are ways to escape in Nigeria. And I say I say this by saying that. You know how people would literally go and spend three months with their families mm-hmm. <laughs> And just mm-hmm. I kids are going to for holiday or something like that. When looking back now, I realize like these were ways that women escaped from the things they didn't want to deal with. Right. Because honestly, if you had a wonderful relationship with your man, would you really not want to like sleep in the same bed with him for yep. three whole like? So you know, these things didn't. I mean, we didn't. I didn't think about it then, but. Now I look at when somebody says, Oh, they this person went to spend holiday with their family. And you think to yourself, like, why do they want to be away from you so long? Well, you know, like aren't don't you gonna miss this person? Even when you look at situations where a man will be working, say in Lagos and the husband is in or one person is in Lagos, one person is in Bada, and they're like, Oh, I'm just gonna go during the week. Like the fact that you are you're like, Well, let's just make it work and all that. Somehow, for me, I'm like, okay, there's still something. some There's a bit of intimacy that's missing there where you don't want to mess with it. Like, you don't, I don't want to say these words on, on, um, you know, where you, you don't want to sleep in the same bed. You don't want to have intimate relations with this person almost mm-hmm. every, like almost every day. Like, what do you, why do you want to be away from this person so much? What yeah. what is going on there? And you like, um I had a friend recently call me and say, Oh, the whole family was moving because um, you know, one of them had to go to school out of outside of Nigeria and I was like, you know what, I'm so happy that you're making that sacrifice where all of you are moving because you know, people don't understand like the fact that you come to a decision where you say, Okay, you go for two years or so you go for three years, like, how do you handle that? It's Like, how do you leave somebody behind and not say, Are you going to be okay? And I don't want to leave you at. And, like, can we not, like, if we're going to drink this dairy, let's drink this dairy together. If we're going (laughs) to suffer it together. Like, the fact that you both don't want to be in each other's lives so much, whether or not you have to suffer and make sacrifices for it, whether or not you have to make concessions for it, I feel like that's something that Nigeria sort of provides. If I had been in Nigeria, I probably would. I, I think i probably would still maybe still be married or i would just be living permanently in, in a or something <laughs> <laughs> <Eel> <laughs> town. you don't know have people just say no daddy is coming to visit something yeah. like that <laughs> but it's a way for, for women use that as a way of escape and you escape, know say yes yeah. So I think that also provides an avenue where people just say, hey, look, just come and stay with us for a while. And so you can go visit this person, you can go visit them. And everybody goes, ah, you are lucky. Oh, look at your husband is giving you (laughs) a If only they knew. So I think that that would have been something. I probably would have fallen into that position where they just say, "Oh no, no, just come and visit with us for a while. While you deal with it. They, oh okay, come here and go to school. And maybe while we're going to school, you can take take care of your kids. Because even being in America, I was told, you know what? Just bring your kids to Nigeria for a while." And I thought to myself, like, what, what, but I, how, how, I don't know. Understand how I can miss two, three years of my kids' kids', life. kids lives? Kids' lives, yeah. I don't. What? 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 What is the great sacrifice for that? Like, what? Mm-hmm. What? How much money is mm-hmm. at stake that i want to do that and i just i mean they couldn't understand why i'm like i don't want to be away from my kids just huh. for that long you know and i'm like i miss them for a day sometimes you know so i so what i realized that there's a problem when you have that but i i think nigeria provides that those kind of escape plans <laughs> in a way so i yeah. probably into that instead of facing and dealing with the
0: situation they just provide you escape points and, right um, we'll <laughs> thanks Buki <laughs> this is a great conversation honestly and we're just going on and on I'm I'm, I'm loving it honestly but I have one one question uh, one core question for both of you what would you advise your younger and future self Shay
1: the advice myself is to remind myself on a daily basis that i am enough mm.
0: yeah.
1: enough for myself enough for any relationship i find myself enough for any circumstance i may be in and my advice to my younger self is be patient be deliberate experience every moment hear the birds chirp in the morning here look at the clouds move be patient and live the moment because we really don't know how long we're going to be here and that Mm -hmm. time and that moment won't come again the same way so enjoy the moment and then listen carefully because people actually tell you who they are i just needed to listen better and hear more rather than connecting the dots on behalf of someone else and Mm -hmm. Follow, follow your instincts, follow your guts. Because oftentimes our bodies, our minds kinda know how to protect us. It's just that oftentimes we're afraid of following what our gut is telling us. So the combination of being assured of myself that I'm enough with listening carefully and then following through with my instincts will have saved me a whole lot of trouble and now in my older years I'm appreciating that more I'm loving every moment of spending with time with friends with family in just frank conversations with random strangers even at the grocery store because Mm -hmm. then you can see people for who they really are and not what you think that they are
0: thank you Shay thank you so much Buki what would you advise your younger self and and future self? Um, so I think
2: for my younger self, I would have said, just take time to actually live in the moment and enjoy yourself. Like whatever it is you wanted to do, just do it. Um, don't delay gratification. Don't wait. Don't think your happiness is in the future. Just have fun in the moment. Just enjoy. If you feel you need to do something, just do it. Um, don't don't hang your happiness on uh, someone else. Like just hmm. be happy um, and do things for, for the sake of yourself. And um, for my future self, I will say you're okay. You you you're doing okay. You you've come a long way, and you're doing okay. And um, be you know, continue to be strong and um, <clears throat> excuse me and um, you know, just continue to be you. Continue to be you. I will. I think that's one thing I will keep reminding myself until I uh, get to the future. Like you know, just do do for you. You are just as important. I want to tell my future self. You are just as important as all these other people in your life you are probably more important because um, so just to remember to take care of yourself take care of yourself don't don't put yourself on the back burner mm. you know mm. put yourself front of the line you need to you need to put yourself learn to be selfish um, I know it sounds like a negative thing but um, I have to that's something that I realized I had to learn to do to be a little selfish and think of myself um, yeah that's of, important yeah Instead of putting everybody ahead of me and just saying, oh, well, I'll, I'll take care of myself a lot. So I yeah. think my sister, uh, they, you know, no, put yourself in, right
0: in front of the line and mm. get yourself. Um, Fantastic. So thank you. Thank you. Ladies, thank you so much for your time today. This is an interesting topic. I mean, obviously, you know, this is just the first of the many conversations we're going to have you know on this relationship uh topic uh uh, topic because it's quite broad it's quite a broad one there's still so much we we're going to delve into but for today i've thoroughly enjoyed every moment of it thank you so much shayi and buki i appreciate you thank you girls thank you so much
2: thank you thank you
0: you. right a big thanks to our listeners as well Uh, I hope you have taken a whole lot of, you know, lessons and, you know, um, literally shared uh, life experience and journey with uh, Sheyi and Buki here today. So, well, from me, until next time, it's Bim from Blue Citron. Do enjoy the rest of your day and see you at the next episode. Thank you.